Good evening, friends, and welcome back to the front porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I am joined once again by Michael Daniels, and we have a new guest with us on the show tonight, our good buddy Marcus. How's it going, guys? It's going good. It's going fantastic. How's it going, Marcus? I'm doing well. So thanks for coming on the show, man. We uh, Marcus has been the last holdout, I think. The last, you know, we've still got Zahn left, still not to be on the show. Yeah, a Zahn, uh, maybe an Aaron. Maybe an Aaron, right? We, we've got just a few holdouts from our from our friends that, have, that we talk about that have, on the show. That have never been never been on the show. We've only had Trotsky once. We should get him back or something. Right, right, right. So, so how did how did we trick you into this one this week, Marcus? We finally scooped you in. Uh, you scooped me in with uh, Picard finale last week. Right, right. So you're you're a are you a Trek or a Wars guy? Oh, I'm definitely every time <laughs> well you know when he's on for star trek you gotta ask it uh, i'm a- definitely star trek yeah yeah i yeah. still th- dennis is a trek guy i know we, we t- he talks about like oh there's no comparison but you're definitely a trek guy over a wars guy well yeah i mean just it's just what i sort of grew up with uh sure. not, not grew up but like in my early teens watching star trek the people have been listening to the show for a while will know all that and it, it's not that i don't uh it's not that i don't like star wars we've talked about it a lot i just don't think yeah. that you can compare them it's like i don't know lord of the rings and harry potter those are even more similar i think than uh, sure than well when one that one doesn't dismiss the the quality of the other it's just like in your own personal preference no, in life, yeah it's like do you, do you like chocolate or do you like houses you know i mean yeah some, i like houses some, better than chocolate. sometimes you're in well i mean it's the proverbial apples and oranges metaphor like sometimes you want something that's a little complicated a little challenging and maybe sometimes a little silly in its attempt to be those things and sometimes you just want to watch a fun you know uh adventure story with some sword fights and some some dog fights not dog right, fights. Some, I mean, some b- I mean, bikini clad airplane princesses. dog fights, not literal dog fights. Right. Hey, we all watched. Uh, we're doing. Um, we, we've been we've been doing this. We talked a little bit on the show. We, uh, the three of us with all of our friends have been doing. Um, Talking about Tuesday, not Tuesday, Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday watch show watchings. Yeah. So Thursday is traditionally the the Bloomington crowds uh, night to to hit up the local. Uh, uh, watering hole called the alley bar they have a deal on big beers on thursdays and that's been going on since i first met bloomington people which was uh right around 2005 2006 and i know it had been going on time. uh before i arrived and that's now not possible because of the you know uh quarantine sort of thing going on with the covid19 and yep. so we have started instead gathering virtually uh, using Discord voice. And for me, the first time this week using Zoom, I know a lot of people, Michael, you said you're using that for work. Well, I yeah. I have always, th- this job has always been remote for me. So we don't do video. None of us want to see our unwashed faces on the screen because we're working from home. We're not, uh, you know. And Mar- Marcus, you're still you're still going to work, right? I'm still going to work. I'm also Zooming as well because we have a lot of uh, leadership and we're not meeting with each other to have any conversations right sure. now. Yeah. Mm. So 
I get to do both worlds right now. <laughs> that kind of sounds like it's terrible. <laughs> it is so terrible. Have you ever been on a Zoom call with 150 people at the same time? Oof. What? That's just terrible. It's bad enough when I have three. Yes. Yeah, I have two coworkers, and when we have to get on a client call, when they pull me onto a client call that's got like half a dozen people, like everybody has to introduce themselves, and there's always some like middle manager somewhere who has to re-explain something in a long-winded way, and like God, this is so inefficient. <laughs> it is so. We have one manager who always wants to be heard, and mm-hmm. I'm like, you're saying the same thing that you said the last four conference calls we had right it's right. definitely unnecessary yeah right yeah and for me i'm a i'm a programmer i'm like just tell me exactly what you want me to do and i'll go do it and listen to music i don't want to i don't want to be on this call i'm a little more introverted that way but anyway uh so that has been our thursday activity and what we've been doing we've done two weeks in a row now is um watch a movie afterward and we're still sort of experimenting with the the tech stack involved there um (laughs) but we we've used discord's um uh casting feature i don't know if they call it cat maybe they just call it live it's like discord live yeah it's like twitch uh or or various live game streaming youtube has a technology like this um it's just uh screen sharing basically and it's not great it's a little glitchy but um we did speaking of star wars which i assume was your intent, Mike, when you started segueing into this, um, we watched a special edition Star Wars, and by Star Wars, I mean Episode Four: A New Hope. Uh, this past week, how did you how did you guys like that? Like the Star Wars movie? I mean, it's better than like any Star Trek I've seen in the last couple weeks. No. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, I just want to rub both of you up. Yeah, yeah, just do. <laughs> I meant the quality and the experience, and I know, I know, Mike, you're pretty down on any kind of fan edits or or alterations to your your beloved Star Wars. Uh, we watched that that kind of questionable fan edit of Phantom Menace a few months ago. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'll let Marcus talk to the to the experience of it. I, I'll I'll say quickly that this is the first time that I saw the. I guess it's. Un, completely unedited original showing of the movie. Um, like the one we watched was from 1977 in the theaters before it was ever released. Yeah. It's sort of thing. restored into 4k. I'll put links in the, in the episode description. Cause there's a whole page about all the things just, that they did. Just um, don't let George Lucas know about it. Cause he hates these. So. <laughs> right. I, I have the despecialized edition, which was, I think one of the first, attempts at this like finding as much old um like film real footage i don't know how any of that gets gets out into the into the internet but somebody finds it and and restores it so it has none of the um alterations made in the special editions which the special editions are the only ones you can buy now um yeah we we for a long time my brother has a set of them on vhs and i'm like I don't know if watching on VHS is winning in this battle of original versus remaster <laughs> because it's VHS. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I definitely did not like the special edition stuff. I mean, no, I didn't, I wasn't like a right. hater, like, Oh my God, this is so terrible, but it wasn't great. All the things that were added were really unnecessary. Uh, they didn't add, I mean, again, 
I think a lot of people forget that when he put this out, there had been no Star Wars for like two to three decades. There no, was, I, or, I remember or, I was, oh, let's see. I was probably like 15 or 16. And here. maybe not even quite that old. And of course, I mean, I started getting into Star Trek as as Next Generation was over. And so this was my first chance to see and then obviously star wars had been even further back um and so this was my like chance to see star wars in the theater um, yeah 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 i didn't get to see new hope in the, in the theater marcus right. is probably older than all of us and mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no the so anyway you know this I, this is the first time i saw this one um and honestly there wasn't a whole lot and it was nice to not see things like when they walk, go into most Eisley's and they don't have the really terrible CG scene. It's nice to not have that stuff, not not have to, you know, see the terrible Jabba cut, you know? Um, And again, I'll I'll go back to the the fact that nobody had seen star Wars in so long. So this was new star Wars and Mm -hmm. it wasn't just new star Wars. It was new Harrison Ford on the screen with Han Solo star Wars. So it was Everyone, at least at the time, was like, they're totally fine with having it. Now it's just, we know how bad it is when he walks around Jabba. It's just not great. And Jabba looks terrible. I'll bet that this, I'll bet that this particular cut is better not streamed the way we did. Right? Because we were, we were streaming at, what, 720 at best and probably more like 480. Um, And so you're losing all of the benefits. Like, I don't have a 4K TV, but presumably it's, it's upscaled, uh, for that kind of experience. Right. Right. But yeah, the, the, the show was great. It's, it's, it's star Wars. So it's always, I mean, we all even clapped at the end cause it was, it's a great show. Uh, but Marcus, what do you think about how, how do you feel about this whole new normal type thing of where we're watching movies together? And this time we were actually watching video chat of each other at the same time. Some is of that you weird, were, or is I, that okay? I didn't do both cause my internet's too crappy, but right. that did happen. Right. How do you it feel about happen. that? I'm just lucky I have a computer that can handle all those things going on at the same time because I did not know that that was possible. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I was really, I thought watching Star Wars was cool because I would say I never saw through the the whole Star Wars until probably like 10 years ago because I normally would fall asleep in the um, desert scene after they landed <laughs> on the planet. So yeah. You stayed right through the whole thing. You were there at the end. I sure was. <laughs> I think periodically, I think longtime listeners of the show will, it's no secret that Marcus is our guy that falls asleep a lot. And uh, so yeah. <laughs> to, to make it's it come all the way through, we, we were, we were uh, like occasionally, is Marcus still awake? And nope. Why? Cause, cause what's great is we could see you. Like we could see the, you in the corner in the video. <laughs> and I was like, no, he's, he's wide awake sitting there and you know, watching the whole show. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it's it's, yeah. it's 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 different, right? Like, it's way different, but it's cool. Uh, I say that like, I think I'm more social right now than I was before we were quarantined. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I right. I definitely am because I'm not physically there. So it's been. How's that feel, Dennis? Like the the fact that like we we we've, we've done stuff and we are always understanding of how fortunate we are to have like Marcus and I to have Tuesday game nights with all of our friends we can go to and, and, and it's, Thursdays and you and Fox are away, but now you're actually just as participative of as anyone. Yeah. It's, it's cool. It's uh 
you know, it's a challenge. It's more difficult to, you know, get everybody around at the same time and get on Tabletop Simulator and play a game than to have people just show up at Trotsky's and and sort of hang out. It's there's a, there's a little more involved. Uh, my week is more busy having these these two things. I had, you know, I'm living in at my parents' place, and uh, you know, they're like, so you did the podcast Monday and you did something Tuesday and last night and you're doing something tonight. Like when can we, when can we watch another episode of this is us? Cause, right, cause otherwise, actually... I mean, I mean, we've said this before, like I work from home, my coworkers work from home. I think the main office, uh, you know, has people telecommuting now. So some people at my, at my comp at my employer, uh, have had their, their work affected by this but my day is the same and mm -hmm. so the biggest impact on me is all of this extra uh, uh social activity because ev everybody <laughs> else is stuck at home like hey can we get on zoom i want to see people's faces and i'm like what i see you've got your faces like three or four times a year and and that's fine for me and that's I, don't, I don't know what uh, but obviously, you know, the the core group down there, you guys get together at least twice a week. So that's yeah, got, yeah. got to be a bit of a change. Yeah, the the uh it, it's it's nice to 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 have this. I know that as of this weekend, my stuff is slowing down more cuz I've got Sid in town and we're we're making it's it's interesting. The two weeks that I've been by myself, I have just been terrible. I've done like my time was off i did never got exercise ate poorly and then now she's back i'm like okay it's time for schedules let's get up at a time and <laughs> you know have breakfast and then make sure we stop at noon for a walk and we stretch and we did all that stuff today and it was fantastic it's so nice to but i also was because of that i wasn't just randomly wandering on to to discord and hanging out with people so i felt sure. like i got a little bit of the separation I needed i did like a comment you made last week because we were going stuff and we we're like talking about doing something on Wednesday and you're like, your comment in the chat, I think was something to the effect of, yeah, I could do it or I could not. I really don't need to talk to Michael every single day in the week. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's true. I think nowadays I actually hear Dennis every damn day. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the, the, yeah, that's sort of because of the podcast. Like so people do stuff on Mondays, but you and I do this on Mondays. So it was like this. And then we played, uh do you want to talk about the tabletop simulator thing we did um i well, you know what i'm gonna let you two talk about it because i bet you don't remember anything of it it was mm. a, a nice heavy <laughs> night i, mean, for I don't you guys, remember I very much about it i don't <laughs> think and you guys were at a different table than than me so oh wait marcus wait no were you at my table no I marcus think, was at my I table i think marcus was at your table like i'm trying to yeah i'm trying to remember we split the group into two which was a thing we didn't do uh the first week and we played a game called Bargain Quest? Yes, correct. Bargain yes. Quest. Had you guys played that in person? I have. Okay. Yes, I played that. Um, I had not played it before, and I think a couple of the other guys hadn't, or at least had been long enough ago that they didn't remember how to play. Um, we had a couple of the rules wrong, as you do. And... Uh, it we didn't. Fine. We got everything right, man. We were we're awesome. Fine. Well, you had, <laughs> you had. I I think I talked to Fox after after you guys were done because it was you, uh, Justin, Marcus, and Pat. 
And Pat, correct. And we yep. had Pete. So Pete was our sort of rules arbiter. And that was what happened with the rules. I asked Pete a couple times for clarification on one of the rules, and he gave me the answer that he thought, uh, which ended up to be wrong. But um, <laughs> no, I don't think anybody knew it was wrong except Trotsky, and Trotsky was not paying attention. Um, but Fox came, jumped in after you guys were done, and he was like, yeah, it was funny because I would ask a question, and... Justin would start giving an answer that was wrong. Pat would give an answer that was completely technical and and unrelatable. And Mike would give an answer that was sort of lore-related or, <laughs> or thematic. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. <laughs> right. Uh, we, yeah, we... but this is a game where you play as the stereotypical merchant or shop owner in a in a role-playing game or uh you know an rpg story and you're trying to attract the heroes to your store so that you can sell them gear sell them uh -hmm. uh, yeah gear upgrades and so forth so that they can fight the the enemy and earn more gold save the town and save the town save the town so it's this kind of like you have to work together because there's an everyone loses uh, outcome, where yep, if yep. the if the heroes don't perform uh, adequately, the the I don't, I don't want to say monster because I think there were human humanoid enemies they had to fight. The bad guys, the villains will uh, will destroy the town, and if right. that happens, everyone loses. Yeah. So you're competing. Like there's definitely scores at the end, um, and. It was pretty cool. I like the I like the theme of it. It was um sort of complicated without being overly so. I mean, it did take like almost 3 hours to play, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Uh but a big part of that was tabletop simulator. I think we spent a good I think we spent a, like over half an hour like getting stuff set up and Trotsky trying to figure out um the the setup scripts and all of that. And then, and then Chris had some trouble cause he was on the Mac client. I mean, I saw that same trouble. And then when went back, you know, switched to my windows machine because the map, the game board was not, was not designed for, uh, for Max. And Is just as we were about to start playing the game. Yes. You definitely had some problems. Remember you, cause there were several times and everybody kept telling you to press the alt button and you were like, <laughs> what, what it's, it's not i think it's command on mac but anyway uh like we got all of that stuff sorted out and then zon showed up like zon was supposed to be in our game and then he was late and we're like after a certain amount of time we're like let's just start without him and just as we were about to take the first turn he showed up which is how it works right right like, and then we have to I, do start all over i i play that game with my coworkers when i'm like okay i'm waiting for coworker a to contact me so let me reach out to coworker B who needs me to do something. And as soon as he responds to me, then coworker A will show up. <laughs> right. Right. At the right. most inconvenient time. That's just how it works. Right. Um, so, yeah, I think once we got into the actual gameplay, it was probably more like an hour and a half, maybe two as people got tired and, and distracted. I, it's definitely yeah. easier for me to get distracted, uh, on tabletop simulator. I was going to ask that. I'd say, Hey Marcus, I know that like we play in person every Tuesday and we're playing some games that are kind of in depth and complicated sometimes. Um, and some of the, especially like the game you're playing recently, which is Imperial Assault, you're 
you can be a long time between your turn. How do you feel about tabletop simulator? You're playing with the same people, but how do you feel about how it feels, how easily it is to get distracted versus enjoying the game? Because you're doing this every week and now you're doing it differently. Does that feel more difficult? Okay, it's, the same? It's way more difficult for me. I really yeah. play like a regular maybe video game with everybody than that. Like trying to figure out how to move pieces on there's the computer. A, there's a pretty steep learning curve on it. There is, yeah. And and then you also, when it's not your turn, I, I guess I worry that some things about Tabletop Simulator, if we do play games that have longer turns between players, people staying engaged. That may be one of the issues. But Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah. yeah you it, can't have side conversation as much. Yeah, you can't do that either. I, I know when we were talking about, like, I think, I think um, Pat was talking to Fox about a rules thing, and then you asked me a question, and we couldn't just talk. Yeah, that was a thing Trotsky mentioned when we started because he thought we could all be in one channel playing two separate instances of the same game. And the rest of us were like, you can do that in the real world, right? Because if four of us are at one table and four of us are at another table, you can't hear the people at the other table at the same level unless it's Pete and he's yelling about something. (laughs) Um, You know, and... I think that was one of the things uh, we really liked about uh, the big screen, the VR yeah, um, right. experience is you get that uh, spatial audio, right? Like Trotsky would teleport his guy right up next to mine and talk to me and I could hear him. But then if I moved to the other side of the deck in that little set uh, uh, world thing, then mm-hmm. his audio was really faint and off to one side. I'm like, oh, that I have could, not experienced this yet. That could that could oh, maybe yeah. work. Oh wait, Marcus just got the quest. Marcus, you weren't on there when we did big screen, right? I was not. I think. I was oh, we got to do that. Let's mm. do that sometime this week. Okay. Have you could... have you had any time to to play around with that, Marcus? Oh yes, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Like I spent like eight hours on it on Sunday. <laughs> okay, hey, let's just transition to that because this is actually a really good thing. Dennis last week told us about his – he did a kind of knockoff, bare-bones kind of VR thing to get it working, which yeah, because was I can't very find impressive. because quests anyway. Right, which was very impressive. And then Marcus, on the other hand, went out and bought the quest at, at uh, Walmart where he found it, drove to go get it. Um, so, Marcus, what's your pitch here? Do you, what, I mean, I, I've done my kind of spiel back and forth. For myself, but we've also said that VR is not for everybody. Sometimes the quest is either great or not great. How, how do you feel about it? Your purchase, how much money you spent, how much enjoyment you're going to get on the future. What do you think about that? Well, I bought the quest because um, being quarantined and having me stay in my house mm-hmm. for any extended period of time is already a challenge. <laughs> uh, so um, I got it because it has Star Trek uh the bridge crew is that mm-hmm. what it's called mm-hmm. yes 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 and that's one of the few video games that i knew i liked oh, yeah. um so been playing that it's absolutely great it's much better on the quest than it is on playstation oh um, yeah yeah it, it just works a lot better flows a lot better yeah, for um, sure wait so that is that, uh, that is is that a is that a quest or is that a rift like do you have to be plugged in to the computer when you played that nope i don't it 
doesn't plug in. I only have a Mac, so it doesn't plug into mine. So it's Quest. Oh, so it's it's look. just a Quest then? Okay, uh, that's oh, cool. Oh, it's a built-in. It's a native. It. I didn't know that. I played it on Steam. Uh, yes. When I was down there at Mike's house. Um, yeah, I I own, I own it on Steam, so I probably just didn't want to buy it again on the Quest. Did so you? I just plug it in. Do you have the PlayStation VR? Is that what you mean? Um, Mark Marcus does. Yeah, right. Uh, yes and no. Like I own a VR headset, and Justin owns a PlayStation. Sure. Oh, okay. He okay. left. I I wasn't sure if you meant VR versus because I tried Bridge Crew on on my PC just with the screen, and it's playable. But I'm like, this clearly was meant to be played with a headset where you can turn the camera around more easily than this. Yes, because um, you can look. It's a it's a full three sixty experience. You can look yeah. up the outside. You can look behind you, and when you play different people and you turn towards them, you can hear them. It's, I did a I did a couple missions on it. Aside from being too close to the desk, so I kept like bumping into stuff with the controllers. Um, it was pretty satisfying. It's a little awkward. I felt like to have my hands holding controllers that were controlling hands, just a little yeah. <laughs> a little disconcerting. But I did get as far as. I needed to to do the uh, original series missions, which were so much more difficult. <laughs> they really were. Have you done those yet, Marcus, on there, the original series ones? Um, no, I've only done um, like online gameplay with other people. So I haven't yeah, played on myself oh, okay. yet. okay. I'll bet that's really cool. Yeah. I, I, I accidentally got on an online one by accident. Like w- when you start, it starts you in the conference room and then all of a sudden people appear yep. and start looking mm-hmm. and talking to you. And, it, <laughs> and the guy was real nice, but I was like, I did, I accidentally pressed the button. Right. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I'm not supposed to be here. And he's looking right at me. Cause it, cause you pick like your avatar <laughs> and the guy's talking it's, to me and his it's mouth like moving. that. Uh, um, it's like that star Wars game, except Darth Vader is a person. <laughs> right <I was> like, <laughs> it is another thing is you just, it, they rank you so like i'm an incident in there and everybody's like oh you're new and it's like oh yep i'm new and it's like <laughs> are they gonna kick me out are they gonna let me play yeah oh well the the when you play i mean you may be able to play the original series in in uh multiplayer too i would just stress that if you do play it single player first um it's the, just that the hardest part about that is that none of the controls have any labels. They're just those they big yes. prime, those bright colored gem buttons, you know, from <laughs> the show. It's so difficult. Yeah. Because they didn't know well, what computers were going to look like. Right. Well, it, yeah, I, I, do, I do enjoy that game. And now that Marcus brought it up, I, I constantly forget that I do have that. And I need to, because I want to play it maybe after the show tonight. Sometimes I'll, I'll hop in and play a mission <laughs> or two because it's very, it is very neat. I mean, I'll, at least I've I've only played the single player campaign like like Marcus, and I feel that um, like I enjoy the mission. Like I'm going through when I have to I have to choose between fighting the Klingons or or saving the person or we're going on a science mission and then you know they st- I have to figure out how they're draining the shields to put my shields down to beam people up or not. Yeah, you know it's it's kind of neat. Um, so yeah, Marcus, we we definitely have to do like a a, a play sometime uh, to get sure. that. I also saw that you you have Beat Saber too, right? Oh yeah. How you like that game? I like it a lot. Do you remember what the game that came out on PlayStation that was like that? The first one, what it was called? Oh, I don't know. I I just remember like Guitar Hero with that kind of stuff, but I don't know the. 
Yeah, there was something before Guitar Hero. It's like in 2000, 2000 it maybe came out, I'm thinking. I don't know. Oh, some other rhythm game? Yes. I think Guitar Hero was the first one that I knew of, un- unless like Dance Dance Revolution. Well, there was a game that everyone talked about called Rez that was that was one that was supposed to be like the original beat oh i don't know about game. that and i and, and i don't i've not played it but i remember seeing in playstation magazine the pictures that's back when youtube wasn't really big no right yeah right. whatever that game was way back then i played that game to death and i liked it so and i like beat saber it's real cool i'm trying to play it um I don't have good enough rhythm anymore. I don't think um, <laughs> playing well, it's at like eighty percent speed. I know that it's feeling. a it's got a it's got a a bit of a workout to it too. And I'm actually Sydney and I. One of the things that we're doing is that every day making sure we have an exercise time. And today mm-hmm. we went on a super long walk, which was really fun because it's beautiful out. But I think if if there's rainy days um, that come up or something, that I think what I'll do is I'm going to have us do like play the something like Beat Saber and try to get high scores and things like that with each other to, mm. to exercise. Cause it, it is, I know you're putting a thing on your head, but you're moving around and dodging and weaving and hitting your arms. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, there, there's a, they've got a couple applications on there, like games is what they are. Um, but they're actually uh, secret exercise programs. What they are. There's one that I really want. It's called, <laughs> it's a boxing one and it's kind of like beat saver, but you have to like hit, you know, with the boxing things with your boxing gloves and and dodge oh. and duck and you know go back and forth and you do the whole um like the what's the boxing bag was that kind of thing a speed bag a speed bag they got speed bag they've got punch bags and they've got actual people that come and, and spar with you and you have to hit high high low low and combinations and stuff and it's it's definitely an exercise game you can see it's like this is to get you healthy and whatever but mm-hmm. it's a game you know it's all a game as well so I'm like that sounds really cool like. I can be playing a game and getting better at it, but actually getting my heart rate up. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm thinking I'm going to go ahead and buy that one and just, you know, do do some some cardio is what it is, some fun cardio. I also like the fact that, like, buying games on the Quest, they're like 20 bucks, most of them, instead of, yep. like, 50 or 60 or something. You know, that gets me to buy more games. And I, I've already bought more games for the Quest than I bought probably for PlayStation all year. Like, I, I mean, not for Steam, but I buy Steam games all the time. But, like, I buy, as soon as that I got that quest on, I was like, ooh, I want to buy that. Ooh, I want to play that. Ooh, I want to play that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I've really, really enjoyed every single one that I've gotten on there. If you haven't done Google Earth, by the way, Marcus, um, sit down. You'll be on there for a couple hours. Okay. Yeah, that's, I, I decided to, like, I'm, before I went to bed one night that I'm just going to, put it on and look at Google earth app. And I was on there till two in the morning looking at my old neighborhoods and how they changed and going through the city. And then I went to Chicago and then I walked, walked down the street in Coronado and San Diego went over to the beaches in San Diego. I was like, I know that I know this place. So it was really, really fun. And you sing it in VR, which is neat. Oh my goodness. Okay. So so much just because they take all, they take full 360 camera views on Google, don't they? Yeah. 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 You can yeah. look So you're actually and, like oh, going so. down the streets and then it, it, the, it's really neat because it starts with you in space and you look like, you <laughs> feel like you're a floating God character with the earth, the huge earth in front of you. Nice. And, and you just, and you literally like grab the earth with your hand and like pull it in and move mm-hmm. it around like a globe. 
and and you can be at any height. So you feel like you're literally hovering above the United States or Africa, you know, and then you're zooming over to London and you're just above the city. It's so incredible. So I just can't explain. And then when you're right, when you get down to the city, you go into street view if you'd like. Actually, what you can do is you can pop, move your head forward onto the map a little bit and then it, uh-huh. it like zooms you into it. It's like you're sticking your head in the, hmm. the spot. It's crazy, but super fun. I want to check that out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so m- since we're moving along here a little slow, let's uh, let's talk about our um, our 2020 challenge real quick. How's that okay. sound? Okay, so this this thing on our 2020 challenge uh, is, if I say the name wrong, correct me, Hideo Miyazaki's, Miyazaki's? Hayao Miyazaki. Hayao? Hayao. Hayao? Hayao Miyazaki's. I mean, I'm I'm still pronouncing it wrong, but H-A-Y-A-O. (laughs) Yeah, Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, His Studio Ghibli film, Spirited Away. Yep. I can't remember what year this, 2001? From 2001. Probably the most most well known anime or Japanese animated film, uh, I think that exists. It was uh, distributed or something um, with Disney, right? Mm-hmm. Which made it which made it very uh, accessible. Um, it's the only it's the only anime or Japanese animated film to ever win an Oscar. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's it's fairly well well known and well uh, beloved, I guess. Right. So, so, so Marcus, you're not really a a big anime guy, right? That's correct. But you did watch this, this one, before. and you have. I did, and I have seen it before as well. So, what what did you think? Um, it's a mind <laughs> twist to, yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm not sure that I understand what is going on still yeah. <laughs> even though I've then watched it. Um it also yeah dude like like watching it I'm like wild things keep happening. People change what they are. It's like it really reminds me of like how old Disney movies used to uh be kind of trippy kind of. Kind yeah. of trippy, right. That's yeah. what one of the one of the reviews said. I let's um I'm going to hit the spoiler bell so that we can we'll we'll talk about the ending and stuff but I don't want to spoil it if anybody hasn't seen it. So, if you haven't seen it, go watch it and then come back. Yeah, Marcus, I think you your thing about like it being trippy and different. That last week before we when we announced we were going to do this one, we mentioned that this show is an example of Japanese weirdness. Right, like there's just something yeah. different that they see and do different, right? Yes, most definitely. Yeah, and and this is a everybody will say like the gateway to what explaining that what it is because it's it's accessible. You can still kind of tell the story. Yeah, but there's for a lot all of things the, that are just different. Yeah, for all the weird things that happen, the character design is some of the most I'm going to say realistic, at least for the people. Right when you think about, it's also really relatable. Like I, I feel like I understand who the characters are. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and the, you know, it's it's still animated, but the characters look human. They don't have you know gigantic eyes that anime 
is known for, or even newer Disney films do that too with the oversized eyes, um, yep. which is just one of the one aspect of that like exaggerated sort of stylized art style. I kept thinking of the old, you know, very old, um, more European sort of fairy stories or fairy tales. Like we think of fairy tales now in the way that they were adapted by Disney and made, you know, more accessible. Yeah. But you go back to, um, you know, the original uh, Grimm's Cinderella and the, the stepsisters are like cutting off their toes and stuff to try and make the glass slipper fit or um, all of those stories of, you know, a, a little girl wanders off into the woods and is taken by by the fae folk, right? The fairies as like mm -hmm. a as like another some of that stuff has come back in in recent years in stuff like uh, the magicians or uh, the Canadian series Lost Girl. Some of that sort of like old mythology stuff where the the spirits, the other sort of beings, were um, sometimes not uh, not good or evil. They were you know they might be capricious or or trickster. Um, kind of kind of character traits and and it was just stuff that was different um yeah. i i found an, yeah. and watched a, a kind of interesting youtube video where a guy tries to identify the different mythological um or i guess mythological is a good enough word um references that Miyazaki is is pulling in and they're all kind of oblique kind of in the way that like the Marvel uh, Norse characters, Thor and Odin and so forth are not, are not really the way that they are in the mythology, but kind of similar. Um, yeah. And that was kind of interesting. So it's, it's partly like, yes, it's supposed to be weird and it would be weird even to a Japanese person, but it's extra foreign to us because we don't recognize any of these cultural um, um, sort of, references notions and references yeah right and and you just get to when when you're watching this it's this whole like everything is you there's so much it feels like i don't know like i don't know are these spirits why are they in the bathhouse why is there a bathhouse is this <laughs> what does they mean by theme park and why is that you know it's some of the it it felt very odd because like you said i don't know the references i don't know if this is a thing but i was still fascinated because i felt that um the little girl why is there, her name escaping me right now um chihiro. sin is what they call her yeah chihiro yeah that i felt like well she's your your contact point right mm -hmm. because she's just normal going into this completely fantastical world that she doesn't know what's happening and from the first couple minutes you understand her Right. Right. Like she's in the car with her parents. They're moving and she doesn't want to move. Like, yeah, it, it takes about 30 seconds for that to right. yep. to be understood. And, and it's in a very real, real it's in the real world. Right. Like yeah. She's just going there. And there's some little mystical things with the Japanese houses on the side of the road, the old little ruins and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so it I, I've seen this movie several times and I, I still enjoy watching it because and remembering the pacing and stuff and some things that I had forgotten. Like I've forgotten 
I knew how her parents turned into pigs, but you know how they go and how they go along with just wandering into this place. And it just felt so natural that they're like, Hey, let's go explore a little bit. This is a new area that we live in. And yeah. And and that seems like a kind of, um, what did, what did I see? Oh, uh, I thought of the movie. What's it called? Big, big fish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know the movie oh, I'm yeah. talking about with the father and son and the, mm-hmm. the dad would tell these stories and yep, these big to, tales. Yep. to the son, they were all, you know, nonsense. And this is a spoiler for that movie, but you get to the end and you're like, oh, he just told these stories really elaborately. And, he, and the son as a kid, like, you know, made the, the metaphors real. Yeah. Right. He was like, oh, right. this guy must have been 30 feet tall, but you know, the dad just described him as the tallest man he'd ever seen or something. Um, right. Yeah. And I thought of that too. Like, you know, that, that idea of you, you know, somebody walking through the woods and they smell something or they hear some music like Hansel and Gretel. Um, that's smell, not music, but yeah. And yeah, then right. like no. go into yeah. a clearing and there's, and there's something there. And the, um, Yubaba character is a little bit, I think, vaguely connected to the the Slavic or probably not Russian, but the Slavic uh, old old witch in the woods, Baba Yaga, because she's mm-hmm. you know Yubaba, and the the thing with her turning into a bird is similar to Slavic harpies or something like that. But it's yeah, it's that th- it's like you know she's here and she's running this, and and now Chiro is stuck in this um, in this place. Yeah, there were there were so many neat little things I think that that they do that it's just I mean fantastic is the word that I just keeps coming to mind and, and not like crazy good fantastic and I mean that word I mean fantastic like it's fantasyful like I guess like fantasy yeah. yeah yeah like I know when Chihiro comes comes first comes there and she starts fading out of out of nowhere and you're like what and then obviously Haku is like here eat this and you're fine. And like, why? What? What? They never really explain that. They just, just you have to eat something to be part of this. It's part of and that. Then it, part of it that just world. is. Yeah, which is and another. Like, you know, it's in in some piece of mythology somewhere with somebody falling to the material plane and eat some food there, so they can't go back. Or, but that's not something like me as a Western. No, American you would never. You would never thing. recognize. But it, the way he explains it, and the way she reacts, and then you know, does it because she has no choice and you're like, okay, I get it. Um, Like, like I don't need to understand it at any more like academic level than that. It's just that, okay, he, he, you know, sort of made her a promise that this would happen this way and she followed it and she, you know, and he was, and he was right. So, so Marcus, do you have, do you have a scene that you particularly liked in this movie that was, a little bit more standout for you or a character that was more interesting than you might've thought. Not necessarily, but like Chichiro, is that how you say her name? Chihiro. Yeah. Chihiro. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I really liked her. I liked the fact that she was like extremely grounded in who she was throughout the whole movie. Like right. she was like, I'm, I'm going to be a good person all the time. I'm going to, whoever my friends are or my family, every decision she made in the whole show was about that, regardless of what was going on around her. I really right. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, he, he digesting. Said, go ahead. Go ahead. You're fine. 
Oh, and I'm still digesting because not watching a lot of anime. Yeah. In general. It's yeah, the, way different than what I normally watch. So. <laughs> of course. Of course. The, the uh, Hideo Miyazaki had said about that is that he had written, I'm trying to think, remember what this was. It was in a, a video or a thing I'd read where he said that he didn't make the characters like grow and change over time. Like a lot mm-hmm. of people want characters to do in the, in the series is, or in shows and movies. He said he made them who they were and then they had to kind of be put to the test to, to rely on those things about who they were and stay true to that throughout the whole trials and tribulations that they go through. So it's not like, Oh, she learns and grows and becomes a better person because of this. She's like, this is who she is. And, and she this just is... had to had to, it's a little bit it reminds me of Lord of the Rings. How we've yeah. talked about that when we watched uh Lord of the Rings for the poster is that in the movies there's more of that like character growth and you know transition from being kind of challenged to then overcoming that where yeah in the books it's just um you know Frodo is just fighting to save to to stay his normal hobbit self right yeah. he doesn't he doesn't become anything greater than he ever was he just has to stay there and not fall yeah for right. his to maintain who himself is right yeah, um, yeah and and that's that's a that's a neat thing too that you don't always have to have the quote unquote character growth you can just have the winning part of it is that you maintained who you were right yeah through, through that whole thing um, so yeah, I, I mean, I moving out of the the spoiler section into the final results, I guess thing here is obviously I I love this movie. I think it's 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 such it's for me my my favorite scenes are the transition from have no face like how he goes from this wanting person to this like overzealous monster and then gets brought back down to just a a, a calm friend. You know, and, and a lot of the characters kind of are like mirror. that. Yeah, exactly. And a lot, a lot of the the uh, the friends throughout the whole movie are like that as well. Like the 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 mean baby turns into this sweet little thing, and this mean bird turns into this little gnat. It's kind of like everybody changes into these little things that make it just kind of sweet and calming. Um, and the show has beautiful music. That Very shows. beautiful music. I'll Inlay say um, before we. Because the stuff I want to mention is is sort of spoilery. Okay. Um, I made the mistake of watching this. We started it probably at like 9 p.m. And I think I've mentioned before, that's like a lull in my, you know, awakeness, alertness before, <laughs> uh, like, I'll hit a second wind. Mm-hmm. And, boy, there are stretches of this movie that um, take their time to breathe. Like, the whole train sequence is like... yeah. All of this crazy stuff just happened. It was action, action, action. And then she gets on the train. She goes. And there's just this long stretch of them riding the train. People coming on and off. Like, stuff's happening. But it's all very calm. It's like when I literally rode a train. Um, and it's yeah. <laughs> and it's great. It's beautiful. But I kept, like, nodding off. And I don't normally do that. Uh, but... All of that said, and then I peaceful. would. It's very peaceful. I would, I would sort of start awake, and I'm like, "Oh, we're almost." Because I've seen this once before, but it's been at least ten years ago. I'm like, mm-hmm. "Is this when the thing comes in and he wants to eat all their food and he's making gold?" Like I remember the high points. Um, yeah. 
and I remembered the the thing that happens with Haku, and is that his name? Yep, that's Haku. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. Uh, yeah. I, my my. I watched this with my youngest sister, and I had we had both only ever seen it in English, and so we watched it in the Japanese with subtitles because we're both comfortable doing that. Um, yeah. And so I forget the names; the pronunciation is slightly different. But when she um, gives him back his full name or not gives it back, but gives it to him. And now he has it back. Um, and like he dissolves and they're falling, but the, the moment is so triumphant and joyful that it was emotionally moving. Even though I was like, oh, they're just falling. They're falling through the, are they going to hit the water? What happens to their death? Right. <laughs> and like, and like I was falling asleep a second ago, but it was still, emotionally moving because the story is just so um beautifully told in the in the visuals in the expressions and in the music yeah the the that whole it's the was it the kohaku river spirit she, yeah it's it's just like oh he knows and he's free and it's wonderful and she's happy and it's i mean it's so funny they talk about like true love and things and you're like yes they're just little like a little kid and stuff but it still feels like a, a true not true, like is an I love you true, like, but it's true, like real. Yeah, you know what I mean, like a, a true, a trueness to it, right? right? Um, and that's what Chihiro feels. She's very true the whole time, and yeah, um, it's that, it's that childlike, uh, um, not innocence, but sort of. Yeah. So okay, Marcus, wrapping up this topic here, what would would you? Would you recommend this to people who have never seen anime? And I know you being not being an anime person and someone said, hey, I, I don't get that anime. Is this something you would say like, yeah, you could watch this one and be OK? Or would it be like, no, it's still too far out for people to get? <laughs> I don't think it's too far out for people to get. I think that you should definitely take a shot at it. Because I think it, I mean, it is. It's really well written. The story, I mean, the story definitely pulls at your heart. Um, and the music is great. Yeah, and, beautiful. Yeah, it's would you really put this on 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 your hundred list, Dennis? Uh, I think so, absolutely. I actually, before we watch this, I was thinking about the poster, and you know me, I like I want stuff to fit in boxes. Um, I don't think there are any Disney animation movies on here. Are there? Oh, uh, most of them are Pixar. Yeah, I mean there are three, maybe four Pixar films. Uh, up. Toy Story. Oh, is there the Lion King? There's the Wally. Lion King. On here. Oh, Lion King. That's right. We watched the live action one. That's what threw me off. Yeah, right. I don't know if I would, if Lion King would be my pick for that. Well, anyway. Right. I, um, I probably would have picked something else different too, but. I mean, yeah, if you're, you know, if you've never seen anime, like I've, I've seen um, maybe a couple of, uh, you know, more, more modern anime films that I would I would maybe put on but not in the place of this like this for being so like saturated with um with Japanese and and eastern mythology and and imagery um the rotten tomato scores for critics and audiences are both in the 90s yeah that's um, pretty amazing and and anybody you know if you ask your average person 
I mean, sort of geeky person who's seen Marvel movies and Lord of the Rings, like, do you watch any anime? And they're like, well, I saw Spirited Away. It's like the the one, like, maybe you call it Gateway, but it's still very different from uh, from newer anime. But absolutely, I would say if you haven't if you haven't seen this, it's it's worth a shot. And you know, again, because I can't give an, give a recommendation without without caveats, uh, just understanding that it's a uh, slightly strange fantastical story yeah marcus yeah. as an as a note um so if if you ever hear that the term studio ghibli that's the people who make this uh hideo okay. miyazaki is is the the writer and director guy and he does a lot of them but the company is called studio ghibli and most of their movies are actually very much just like this so if, if somebody says, oh, the, I like Studio Ghibli films or I want to watch a Studio Ghibli films, they're not like Bleach or Pokemon or whatever. They're very much like Spirited Away. And, and they, okay. it's, it's the same kind of tone and characters that are, you know, sweet but kind but fantastical. So there's uh, Princess Mononoke. There's uh, Howl's Moving Castle. And if, and if I had you watch those shows – you would get the same feeling that you got for Spirited Away, where it's like nice music, beautiful scenes, realistic people, but in a fantasy type things. Uh, yeah, so those it's, are, sor- it's sort of like, yeah. you know, people talk about anime as if it's this mono uh, sort of genre, as if it's all one thing. But it's like it's like asking somebody if they like movies or maybe not right. movies, but like asking people if they like sci-fi and yeah. You know, sci-fi itself is probably tighter than than anime is because there's all different. You know, there's combat sort of stuff. There's stuff with normal characters. There's there's sci-fi anime. Um, There's just nothing. I I don't think there's anything that I've seen from Studio Ghibli that that hasn't been the same kind of feeling that I get from from Spirit of the Way. I've only seen a couple of them. And yeah, they're this kind of um, childlike uh sometimes i think usually at least somewhat there's some kind of fantastical or or magical something going on right i i actually while i love spirited away and it is my favorite of these of all the studio ghibli i would actually say the best gateway one would be princess mononoke i think that that one is a straightforward I've, kind I've of story i've heard that one of the a couple of the the youtube uh videos that i watched in in a little research for this said that that they're that it's very good, but maybe for them, Princess Mononoke is their favorite. Um, yeah. I, I think if we would have had like uh, Marcus watch that one, he could have been back with it. I get the story and it's not as trippy because I, I liked the trippy comment that Marcus, you made because it was the, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that really puts it together in a way that it's, it's weird is the best way. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, what do we have for next week? Is that uh, where we are? We finally going ahead and go forward. Titanic. Um, I'm good with that. If you are, let's do some some Titanic next week. We'll, okay. We're gonna never let go and never let uh, go. At the top king of, of the, the world. world, king of the world. Yeah. Feel like I'm flying. Feel like we're flying. It'll be romantic. Uh, okay, yeah. Let's let's do that one. Uh, okay, so hey, let's get around to the point that we had Marcus on here for <laughs> late in the show here. What did you guys think of that, that that whole Star Trek thing that was just happening for a little couple weeks? Yeah, let's. Uh, we're going to talk about the entirety of uh, season one of Star Trek. I mean, you guys have seen all season one, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yes. So we're going to talk about that, and it's and it's big spoilers. So I'm going to hit the bell again. 
Big spoilers. So before we get into the thing, you and I have talked about this, Dennis, but I'll get Marcus's take on this. Yep. This isn't uh, a show you can watch just a couple episodes and figure out, right? Marcus, like this is, you got to watch the whole darn thing and talk about it, right? You have to watch the whole thing, maybe twice. <laughs> maybe twice, <laughs> figure, figure all the pieces out. Yeah. It's yeah, not, it's not, it's not old school Star Trek where, you know, each episode stands alone. Um, right. It's definitely. Not even um, a few episodes. It's like the whole thing has to be watched together. It really does. Because everything like ties together with episodes like two ties in with five and you're like, all right, what did I miss two episodes ago? Right. Yeah. This, this yeah. felt like one whole movie. To me. Yes. Yeah. Like, like it was, a, as Dennis will attest, it felt like it was a little drawn out. Not long, because it never felt like it was boring at any point. I, I really didn't. But, so I give them good props for pacing for a whole season. But um, it is definitely one, one story throughout the whole thing. Actually, I take that back. There was really boring slow parts when it, at the whole beginning with the board cube and stuff that I did. The first half. I, I sometimes got confused because the, the pacing is kind of relaxed and I would generally watch it late at night. And so I'm like, what is that? There was a point where I had the two Romulan guys confused. I thought, I did as well. I thought that I was looking at the, uh, the order of order of direct candor. What's that thing called? I don't know. There's yeah. there's one word for the religion and then another word for the for the samurai. Uh, oh yeah, okay, sure. But I I thought it was him. Uh, I forget his name now, and it was actually the other one, the the twin or the sibling. I don't know if they're actually twins. I, I think that the characters here. This is going to be one of those things where, okay, they're rough in the first season, and then they will f- be better in the next couple ones. I like the actual characters mm. because because they seem pretty on the nose for the most part. They tried to do a little nuanced stuff with each character, but they were just like, uh, what's her name? Rob, Robbie, Rob, what's her name? The, Rafi, the, the Rafi. Rafi. Yeah. I mean, okay. So she's kind of like got a drug habit thing going on, but she's really sweet. Right. But, but it was just not really a whole lot. It just felt like that that's exactly all that she was. And she would well, be like, get a, I, I need a drink. That she would really get, act like an alcoholic. She was a couple drink. of scenes in that one episode to sort of explain why she is the way she is. Uh, like, apart from her history with Picard. Um, yeah. which was Which was something. Like, that could have been explored more. And maybe, I don't know. If, didn't really want to front load that. But, um because there yeah, was a well, lot of setup I mean, they had to do in the beginning to just, you know, this is a thing that I've that I read that they tried to do is make it accessible to non Star Trek fans. Which some of the Star Trek references they're making are pretty obscure. Like it's, there's a chance you never saw Iborg and you don't know who uh, Hugh is. Uh, right. There's a lot of obscure references to different Star Treks in there. Like you need to have watched all of Voyager, the old series. <laughs> right, to get to get all this stuff. And so they they try to introduce the stuff as you go to like, okay, here are the Romulans. If you don't know who the Romulans are, you're gonna sort of get a sense of of who of who they are. I don't know how 
I don't know how you come to this show with no Star Trek lore, but I'm sure that many people tried. Well, I I know in hindsight and now seeing the whole series, I don't know if I don't know how successful they were at making it accessible because I feel that this whole first season was this I don't know, I've got I'm gonna step over lines here a couple of times, but I feel this is the same exact thing that a lot of people complained and moaned and griped about with Star Wars was that this felt like a huge nostalgia Star Trek next generation ego stroke. Like everything was about data and getting us sent off to data. Yep. And then we had to put in Voyager stuff and do some more stuff with her. Then we had to put Hugh stuff in and make me care. Like if you didn't know anything about Hugh, you just wouldn't have the attachment to, to Hugh the way yeah. that everyone does. He, he was kind of really a not, he was a non character up until the point where he now is working for the good guy person. And then he dies like this scene later. And so, so I think to, you know, to devil's advocate a little bit with that, I think what they what their intention must have been, which I don't know, Alex Kurtzman is a Star Wars guy, so I mm-hmm. am a little doubtful of all of his intentions. But I think they they set themselves the goal to make it accessible to non-Trek fans just to keep from going too hard on that kind of stuff. Because like if this season that we saw these eight episodes, eight or ten, eight, yeah. um, yeah. If this was them trying to balance uh, Trekkies and and non-Trekkies, then I'm glad that they at least tried to uh, appeal to non-Trekkies because they did, like, again, I don't know how you know, how you're supposed to understand the significance of the Federation closing its borders, so to speak, um, if you don't know who the Federation is, if you don't know who the Romulans are, if you don't know, I mean, synthetics is pretty well understood, especially these well, there, days. There's just so much here that, that, is, and... that isn't, that, that is, I know that a lot of times it'll be the thought of, uh, well, it's just flavor. It's just added flavor to the story if you know more, but that's not, that's not it's, true for this. It's a lot of not, times because, it's, it's essential. You know, yeah. Like you, you have, you have to know how data and you know, had to know what he meant to Picard. You can't, they can't just say he was good and how data died. You got to really see that and live that. You also yeah. have to like you, he teleports to Riker's world with his family and you got to know who this guy and his wife and who they are and then why it's a big deal. He shows up at the end and none of that is important at all unless you know that. Yeah. Right. Um, That's true. Yeah. So, so that was uh, for me now, remember I'm a huge next generation guy. So that was fine for me. I enjoyed it. And that's the part when I I complained about all the entire time that it wasn't Star Trek enough, that it started to become more Star Trek-y to me because I could get with those people. Um, But they, uh, that being said, I have, I hope, and I have a feeling that next season will have, a ton less. I think it will start focusing more on this new cast and make its own thing. I hope. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Uh, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I don't I think don't it'll know. be next generation, quote unquote, circle jerk the whole time. <laughs> to, to say. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what it was, though. Yeah, that's what that's what it was. <laughs> well, we we have. We I mean, have I, go ahead, Marcus. I think they really tried because, like, the very first episode was so slow. I think they were really trying to like draw you in to like 
have an idea of what or who data was yeah. without having data be a character oh yeah with um, his his sort of holodeck thing i mean it's the yeah. it's the same sort of thing where i'm glad to an extent that they that they tried to not be uh you know full full next generation nostalgia trip like if they had let someone like jj abrams write it uh, <laughs> well the, well the very the ending taking taking a dig at that right they get to it at the ending but in in the first couple episodes when he decides that he's going to go off world you know his his servants or whatever suggest the same thing that i was thinking that i assume every you know old trekkie watching was going like oh well why don't you call up Jordy and and will Riker and and Worf and and you know s- steal a steal a ship like Kirk would do and uh, and just and just go for it and he doesn't yeah. he brings in all these new characters which is a little annoying but yeah. still I'm glad that you know they're trying to do the balance of something new because then when we do see Riker and Troy and Riker shows up at the end you're like yes you get just just enough to appreciate it without it being like you know some of the last couple next generation movies yeah. right okay I mean, so, have, so last... have either of you seen or read the comic books wait you talk about the Picard comic books yes I have the first one and I really kind of like it a lot so I need to get the rest of them yeah because apparently Rossi is a big deal in the comic book so yep. like Mm. And I don't know because apparently that is canon. The comic, the Picard comic books were canon. So, oh, like, that's good. if you haven't read those, which I have not, yeah, like, I, I have the first one, and it was like a dollar you could get it for, like on a, it was a sale or something, and it it was really good. It was good artwork and a good story, and it takes place when in Picard's past, like like in his after next generation, oh, but before this thing. Uh, yeah, which was really cool. Like he's still an admiral, and he's going around, and you see, like I said, you see Rafi, and you see, um, uh, Jordy is a is a commander at the at the Mars station, and you're like, mm. oh, this all this all makes sense, and this is cool, and this is re- it, again, it it felt Starfleet, which I loved. You know, that felt it's, Star Trek to me. It's interesting because they they did just a hint of the of the prelude to this in short tracks with the two little girls and. I loved that when I watched it twice. Have you seen those, Marcus? Yes. Yeah. I love it. I mean, some of them are better than others. I didn't love either of the animated ones. The, the, um, yeah, I don't the, know where those are going. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> right. it's, it's, it's all just experimentation, but a couple of those, like the one about Saru and the one with the two little girls and the one, uh, with, with number one and, and Spock. Like those were all so good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's interesting that they're doing more of these like media, uh, cross media, like tie in um, um, sort of things. Like I know we've, I'm sure that we've said this since, since discovery or particularly since discovery season two, um, that they seem to CBS or, or whoever seems to be, um, very willing to experiment, right? And try different things and try, you know, within reason. Um, sure. To to sort of tell more stories in this universe aside from 
the traditional like one complete or or two parallel stories in a 45 minute time window kind of format that they did for you know 15 years or whatever in the 90s yeah yeah well the what what did you think about okay so moving into the end did it yeah. cap it off for you? Did it feel did it feel like it ended the, the, the whole story well? Well, I don't know. Picard got a new sleeve, so Yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> yeah. bring it in. I, I finally Man, started I watching I, Altered Carbon, so that's a fresh. Right, right. So how about you, Marcus? You were you happy with the, the last episode and how it did it tie things up nicely for you, how you felt it was good? Oh, I did. I liked it a lot. I think I'm I think I'm in like the minority on actually thinking that it did like a really good job. I know I talked to my dad and he absolutely hated the ending. Mm. Oh, did he? <laughs> he was, he was like, I'm going to watch the whole thing again to see if I like it. Like, so I think he's that's not, that's it not right a now, bad actually. idea. Actually. I, that's I not really a bad enjoyed idea. it while I was watching it, but I could see thinking back and going, hold up. You made Picard an Android, <laughs> right? Like that's, that's beyond like, that's one of the things that only comes up every so often. And it's sort of the whole theme of the, the con storyline with the original series and the original movies. Um, but Star Trek has this whole thing, right? Where um, genetic manipulation of intelligent beings is outlawed, right? It's just fully forbidden. They hint at it a little bit in deep space nine with Bashir. Um, and that's just that, like, they have data, but data's like the only Android you see. When they see another Android, it's like important to data's story in some way. And they've always tried to explore those what I think of as traditional sci-fi stories of of what what does it mean to be human? Um, you know, all the way back to Spock, to Data, um, the the Doctor in Voyager, um Odo in Deep Space Nine, like there's always at least one like fully other character who's trying to, or maybe is or isn't trying to, um, be human or relate to humans in some way. Um, yeah. But this is like, like the the mind of a person, like a living mind, and they've had you know artificial intelligence, right? The Doctor and the and and Data. Um, but but taking a, a human's mind into an android's body, which is, again, it's, you know, not something, at least at this scale, to where, you know, he's permanently like this, um, yeah. that they've ever done. So I could, I could definitely see watching that and going, no, like, I'm out. Yeah. Well... I, I agree with Marcus's dad and the fact that I think I, I think I have to watch it again. I, yeah. I enjoyed the last from, for my part, I enjoyed the last episode better than I enjoyed all of the rest of the episodes, probably all better than the rest of the episodes combined uh, oh, wow. simply because it, it gave me all of the Star Trek things that I'd been missing forever. Starfleet was there. You saw people in the Starfleet uniform, namely Riker. Hmm. You, 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 you saw command you saw, the, the things, you know, happen, the story go. You we, saw the Romulans do their we, thing. We even got a Star Trek-style space battle, right? You, you did, right. Where there was yeah. no well, fighting. Oh, yeah. But they just Exactly. Like, <laughs> Stand yeah. off. Like, they all show up. And a lot like, of talking. Oh, oh, man, they're all here. 
and then you know th- there's a little bit of fighting where they buy time and then starfleet shows up and you're like yeah starfleet showed up they're gonna they're gonna kick their asses and then they don't like they threaten they them do and they right, back yeah. down and you're like oh that's so star trek that's so Star Trek, yeah. And and then it it had it had like to the Romulan fight. You had the the bad guy Romulan at the at the helm, and uh, then it had um, uh, oh, I'm trying to think of some other things that it did. Like uh, it just it just felt more Star Trek on a, to a, on a lot of levels. Oh, and also the data part, like the ending was great. Like giving the better end to Data, I really enjoyed Data being played how he was, giving a good ending there was good. But but. I still don't know how the whole series feels like to me. I, I mean, just season it feels, one. It feels like a Star Trek movie more than a Star Trek yeah. television show. Oh yeah, like, I, can, I can get you. I can get you there. Sure. Like it's much better than most of the movies are. Because most of the movies aren't there. They are just like if you even think about the original ones, they're like they go off to a prison planet world and they're or they're in normal clothes in 1980s. In the they're not really. Yeah. It's yeah, it's not... been too long since I saw those to judge them, but of the new ones, new ones, like the ones from the 90s. The J.J. Abrams ones? Uh, no, 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 the 90s. Um, the 90s ones, the Next Generation ones. I think, I mean, Generations and First Contact and the others you could sure. you could probably skip at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, he, here's something I that... that I immediately took a sidelong glance at, and I was like, I swear to you, if anyone ever comes to me again and tell and complains that they don't like uh, Rise of Skywalker because they killed Chewie off and then he, he comes right back like a scene later, I'm going to be like, okay, well, let's tell me about how Picard is dead in one scene and then the very next scene he's like alive again. Like you want to talk about not being able to get even a moment to sit. They're like, nope, he's dead. Let's cry. Let's have a beer. And then, oh yeah, look, he's back again. Yeah, that, it's what? it's the same yeah, thing. That. It's it's like it's like Kirk in uh, the Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh. he's dead, and then then he's not. I mean, it was. I almost want to go back and watch the difference between when they say he's dead, like the time difference, and then when he gets resurrected. Like that was just terrible. It just felt terrible writing to me. Like they okay, kill him off in the last in the second to last episode, and then maybe talk about ways to bring him back. But it was just like oh, and as soon as he died, I was like oh yeah, there's that golem. I mean, and, they uh, couldn't leave it on a cliffhanger. Yeah, well, I was actually thinking maybe they. I was hoping I had a little bit of hope in the back of my head that Picard would actually die, and then they would call the ship the Picard. Oh. And then they would just continue the series. Okay. It's okay. Star Trek. Picard. Yeah. I mean, if that's what they were going to do. Yeah. But if they were going to bring him back, they needed to, they needed to bring him back. Like the, the show wouldn't get picked up for a second season if it ended with him dead. And a, and a question. You're mark. probably right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. It could have had a little more time. I, think- I remember watching it and thinking like, they're not giving this enough gravitas. I'll bet that that clone body they wanted to put the other soon in you know data not data yeah. um yeah was they you know they were going to put picard in that body well i'll tell you the the again i feel like i'm being down this because I, I thought it was a fairly enjoyable series it wasn't my best it wasn't my least it was okay um but um the worst thing that they did do is that i feel that all of the characters except except for maybe the pilot which i can't seem to remember his name 
and seven of nine were forgettable. I really don't care about anybody else really for the most part in this show. I liked Rafi a little bit. I kind of actually liked her more at the end. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, I, I didn't care about like the doctor. is like a really great character in this. Oh, she like, was great. She, she grew so much from like what she was in Voyager. Yeah. And she has some good meaty scenes that she a- acts well in. Right. Yeah. 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 But Picard, like, Picard himself, the whole time he felt very whiny, like, and complaining is that I'm the old man and I can't do things and I want to do this. It felt very whiny. And then the doctor's terrible. I definitely did not like the android lady. I It sucks that she's going to be a major part of the cast because, like, ugh, she's terrible. The, the Romulan bad guy, boyfriend, same thing about Lieutenant Love Interest. I didn't care for him at all. Didn't care for his sister. She died and I was like, ah, okay, sure. Yeah, they were not, they were not compelling villains. Yeah. Really. So I'm not sure if he was supposed to be a villain, though. No, I don't. I mean, I don't think he was. Okay. He was supposed to be kind of conflicted. But even even with that, I don't know that I that I got anything. You know, any kind of emotional. Uh, and I mean, it's hard when it you 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 spend so much time on, you know the hero and his allies um yes there was not enough time to really do justice to any of the any of the villain uh, see i would i would disagree i think that that the first half of the season half of the first half was spent with the the android lady and her boyfriend i think they had plenty of scenes where if you were a really good actor which I am not, but if the, I've seen a lot of people do, no, I don't. Have scenes I don't, where they can make him her, feel conflicted. I don't mean Soji. Like, she no, I'm was, talking about him. She was fine. I just didn't. You know, there was no her. She's her, she's playing the character so emotionless that it's hard to uh, connect. Even harder than it was for Data. But well, well I, I mean, just with, mean with him, the boyfriend, the the undercover Commodore Admiral, whatever she was. Yeah. Um. Even when you get to the compound and you meet Soong and the other androids, you're like, okay, sure, yeah, they made you illegal, so that's a that's a thing. It's a metaphor, and also you're mad about it, so you're going to call in the AI collective to come and uh, wipe out all life. It's actually a little similar to the story from season two of the Orville, <laughs> right, 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 with the, with the androids. Um, it was speaking of which what what the heck was up with that that's another thing i was like what wait why are you hand waving this away from me it's like they called the beacon and then they just turned the beacon off and the ai is like okay sure i'm out message half received i mean wh- right. why if the ai came through at all wouldn't it know where it was coming to yeah it would have been like i'm here those little whatever the ai was is that the same tentacle of the ai in discovery that was on the shuttle Ooh, good question. Hmm. Don't know. Good question. I didn't. I put, hey, I didn't, speaking of which, I didn't put with Discovery, together. what was the name of Riker's ship? Oh, was it the Shinzo? Shinzo. Yep. I think is that it. Is that isn't that a Discovery name? It could have been. Yeah, that's. Um, I mean, I, I he her, said it real quick, and I was ship. like, I was like, wait, what? What? Okay, it's I'm, the, I'm uh, look it up. Zheng Shi, I think is I I think I just looked it up. I don't know what that is, but 
Um, I will, I will say that of the whole series, just flat out, I, I enjoyed the fact that he was a captain on in the ship. And I was like, oh yeah, there, there it is. Finally, the whole time you get to see the guy finally be the captain of the ship, you know, Riker. So that was pretty cool. Um, Jing He. Jing He. Yeah. Curiosity oh. class. I, I wonder what, I wonder I guess, what that has to I do guess, with. I guess it's not a, it doesn't look like it's a not reference. a thing. Yeah. Well, well, anyway, yeah, I guess in conclusion, I, I liked the last episode. If I liked the season, I would still say if you are a Star Trek fan, go watch Star Trek Discovery season two and you will like, and you will be happy about Star Trek. I wouldn't put them on Picard. I would put Picard. I don't know if it's even better than Discovery season one, maybe a little bit, but I'm not mm. sure. How do you guys rank that? Um, well, I don't like Discovery very much. You oh, you don't? Okay. Did you like the Did you like the second season um, at all? Oh, I like the second season. I like everything from where they have the Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, How about you, Dennis? That's a good question. Like, part, I mean, part in season one of Discovery. for me, for me, definitely the best part of Discovery, aside from. I appreciated Saru more in season two after seeing the his short trek. Um, mm-hmm. he, you know, he became a more a more compelling character to me. Um, mm-hmm. The best parts of Discovery were all of the things with Pike and the Enterprise. Um, yeah, yep. You know, Anson Mount was great. You know, we go back and listen to that episode of the podcast. I'm sure we gushed about it. Um, yeah, and so I think that you know, just off the top of my head here makes discovery less relatable unless you're an old school original series uh Star Trek fan. I don't know that Oh man, I don't know. I don't know I, how I watchable I don't know how watchable Picard is without any next generation knowledge. I think there are probably more people more familiar with the next generation characters than original series now that original series is whatever like 80 years old um like the 75 um and so i don't know i mean i think if you're a sci-fi fan and if if you're somehow a sci-fi fan who's never seen star trek next generation you could probably piece (laughs) this together um and then then the question for me becomes okay of the stuff that's left of the stuff that's not nostalgia based um which of those two stories was more um interesting and compelling like you know i've said that the 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 story about you know are androids alive is is getting a little tired for me i think that part of the story in picard was still more um comprehensible than whatever was going on in in discovery with the red angel thing the red angel yeah sure like you got into weird time travel kind of stuff and then stuff just showed up for whatever and then there's a big crazy weird chaotic battle in the end with a like three long slow farewell scenes between michael and spock (laughs) very long Um, (laughs) right so i think the let's see and as discovery went i liked michael less and less yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I, th- I think so too. She was I, fine in the first two episodes. And I then... think the the high the high points of Discovery are probably higher, but their low points are lower. 
Yes. Sure. I'll say it that way, I think, than, than Picard, where Picard had just a couple of good high points, um, which were really just nostalgia things, and they were fine, and I, you know, really enjoyed them, but um, the the worst it got was not as bad as the worst Discovery got. I, I wonder if some of my thoughts on this, too, weren't informed by the thing you had been saying the last couple of weeks, is that I have seen so many AI, is AI alive things, not just recently, but done so much to death yeah. that I, I don't know how much more I can take, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's... Yeah. It's the same stories every time, right to life for AI. Right. Um, that that was compelling the first one or two times you see it. Now it's just, I mean, even things like Terminator deals with that stuff, and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, yep. you know, uh, how how much can we can we do a different thing? And that's that's actually why I'm enjoying the show Altered Carbon because it kind of has. Yeah, that, I but- I didn't know anything about that show, and um, nobody told me about the, you know near game of thrones level of uh of sexy times but um <laughs> yeah, yeah i didn't i didn't know anything about the story and and you recommended it to me and you're like yeah it's like blade runner without the ai stuff and i'm like okay well the ai stuff is the whole story of blade runner so <laughs> now i'm confused um but but you get it do you get that now what i mean by that yeah and- i mean i love that concept i've referenced the um the joss whedon series dollhouse which was his- hey wait real quick before you do it Marcus, have you watched this show, Altered no. Carbon? Okay. Okay. Real but quick, they, uh, can you tell them? It's what's... Netflix, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Dennis, did they can... put out the new cartoon version? Or... No, I... just a new season I... two just came out. I know. Okay. I heard that they were doing an animated film. I don't remember where I heard that. So oh, that's interesting. Uh, this uh, is just real quick, Dennis. Can you give a synopsis? Yeah. Of what that this is, isn't. What this show isn't is. a spoiler. You figure this out pretty early. Um, you're at some point in the future. Uh, there are off-world colonies of Earth. It's still set on Earth, as best I can tell. Um, mm-hmm. But it's dystopian, sort of uh, um, uh, Blade Runner style. There's a vast um, uh, wealth gap. And they have technology now where everybody has a, a disk. They have a name for it. Their stack. That's like mm-hmm. a, It's like a hard drive that stores their personality their soul and it's connected to your spinal cord yeah it's it's in the back of your neck i'm gesturing you guys can't see me um (laughs) they don't they don't call it soul but it's like your your person um your consciousness your consciousness and your memories and everything about you throughout since you were one years old when you get this put in and so they they refer to bodies as sleeves because if your body dies as long as that stack is not destroyed it can be put into another body and you'll come back. Um, and so you the, wear a sleeve. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, so you wear this sleeve. And then the, the richest elites can, oh. can clone their own body and basically be immortal. Because, because the one thing it doesn't have in here is that it doesn't – like there's still money. Right, there's still an economy and stuff. There's so, still money. There's still an economy. It, like, yeah, it's important what, that these sleeves, these 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 bodies aren't just like cranked out. Even though they have the technology to put people's consciousness in a computer type stuff, they don't. The technology to regrow and grow human bodies is still very, very expensive and right. very difficult to do. So, people, if you die, let's say Marcus, you, me, or Dennis died, we could get resurrected if our 
family had a million dollars to buy a sleeve that we wanted or a body that we wanted, or we can go to the hospital and if they've got one lying around in the morgue, then I could get into that one. Gotcha. So at the very beginning, you see like a seven-year-old girl who died in a car accident get put into a 60-year-old woman. Yeah, because it's just what they have. It's like um, it's like a pro bono attorney or a court-appointed attorney. Not pro bono. Right. So this series d- does deal a-, a lot. I mean, that's the core concept of this show is that that is a thing. And people live now, because of that, they live hundreds and hundreds of years because the really, really uber-rich just die put themselves back in their own bodies and it's death is no longer a thing anymore. Yeah. So it's, and, and they have a, they have a, a sort of satellite uplink where they can back up their consciousness. It's a little bit like the Cylons, the rich uh, people in, in Battlestar Galactic, right. The, the, the Uber rich. And so, right. Yeah. You get a sort of detective story and it, it reminds me, I, I started saying this earlier, the Joss Whedon series dollhouse that came out, yeah. I think it was his first project post-Firefly. So this is back like 2004 or five, somewhere in that time. Mm-hmm. Um, except in that case, they were doing this same kind of thing, except they would craft um, new personalities using fragments of multiple people. Um, and they were essentially escorts or prostitutes, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of a problematic right concept to right. basically have human slaves but they would uh, people would contract with them and their actual personality would be put in storage in a hard drive somewhere and then they would use their body to you know as as basically prostitute and put whatever personality the client wanted and of course as the story went on the the sort of default blank state personalities of these um they called them dolls uh sort of advanced and um have they have a sort of uprising kind of thing it's a, sure it's similar to the ai thing except they're not really ai they're really? this sort of uh different thing i don't know it i really enjoyed it um but it only ran it was, two it was short-lived i heard it's one of those ones that everybody loved but it was short-lived it, it yeah. ran two seasons so it went longer than firefly and but the the second season was short and it was also rushed. It was like he knew they were not getting picked up for a third season. And so he just rushed forward to the end of the story, like jumped ahead 20 oh. years to when the technology oh. was weaponized and stuff, which was a bummer. But yeah, the, the so with the altered carbon here, it feels like they, they were like, OK, here is here's the, the world that we live in. They seem to have created the world and the thing with the stacks. And then every every episode feels like. The writers were in the room and said, okay, well, if that's our reality, what else would that change in the world? Yeah. And then they, they kind of hit on that. It's like, oh, well, if people can just be put into a computer hard drive, can you spin them up in virtual reality? Well, sure. Why not? What would that be like? You yeah. know? And it's like, oh, so that's part of the world. And well, what if you could upgrade your bodies? Okay, let's talk about that. You know? Yeah. And so, then there's a whole segment of the population that are... Um, you know, they're sort of religious conservative. They think that mm-hmm. the spinning a consciousness back up after they died is morally wrong. Uh, right. Know, which makes perfect right. sense. And they, and they talk about that in a really good family kind of way. So, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's a, that's a really interesting show. 
that doesn't deal, it has AI kind of, but not in the same kind of way of like, okay, AI consciousness, it rise up against their masters kind of type. Thing. Yeah. So, the, the AI is, is truly computers. Like, I don't think we've seen any AI walking around and talking and questioning. Their yeah, we existence. have, we have, that, that's the, ho- that's the hotel. But he's a hologram, basically. Right. But he is a computer. So he is. Um, yeah. But he has no like, he has no aspirations of being human. He is. He is the hotel. Like he's. He's more like the EMH. Right. Right. Well, anyway, that's that's a good one to watch. Someone people should, if you know, want some new sci-fi too. That's an that's an interesting. I did not expect kind of type thing that was good. Yeah. But like you said, Game of Thrones level of of sexiness throughout the whole thing. Yeah. It's it's got some graphic it's not uh ridiculous the way season one of game of thrones was it's more like i don't know season four or five game of thrones (laughs) (laughs) all right man i think i think that's good for this week yeah i think so i I think we saved all the lives and we need to these days we need to save as many lives we can yeah so yeah if you're uh hope everybody's uh doing well staying safe and uh Mm-hmm. Stay in and, and listen to the podcasts. That's what you need to do. Don't yeah. don't go outside. Keep your social social distancing do that, up. Do that social distancing. Get on. Dri- we, drives you crazy, but we, you know we have technology. Get shows. on chat. Get on Zoom if you want to see people's faces for some reason. Yeah, All go the, go back in our backlog and listen to some of our stuff we talked about. Like some, if you're Star Trek, listen to the show with like Marcus and stuff. Go back and listen to those old Star Trek. Yeah, we talked about that. almost every episode of Discovery. If you go, don't go all the way back to the beginning of the show. Those episodes are bad, but those are rough. Those are rough days. <laughs> yeah. All right. all right. You've been listening to Front Porch. This is episode 136. Thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News and LRM Online. Uh, if you like Star Trek, we've been talking about that all night. Uh, you can check out our other podcast. It is called Klingons and Dragons. That's at KlingonsDragons.com. It's not safe for work either. Don't put that on if your kids are in the car. Uh, if you oh, wanna... hey, also real quick, uh, Marcus, before we forget, thanks for coming on the show, brother. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Appreciate it. Good, good times. Good talks. You check out our website, frontporchpodcast.com. All the info is there. Um, if you like the show, subscribe to it. Thanks always for listening until next time. I'm Dennis. I'm Michael. And I'm Marcus for the front porch. Night, everybody. See you next time. Thank you.